Hey gang, welcome to Dateline Louisiana, a provocative look at the deepest of the deep southern states. Thoughts that are informative, candid, humorous, and sometimes controversial about life in one of the most interesting and rabble-rousing states in the nation. Here are your hosts, Ronna Gray and Jim Brown. Hey, welcome to our program. It's Jim Brown and my co-host, Ronna Gray. Uh, our website is two websites, datelinelouisiana.com. My website's jimbrownla.com, where you can read all my columns I write each week, and where you can also see Ronna Gray's books, uh, that she is a prolicient pro, publisher <laughs> of what she— Ronna, good to see you today. We're ready for a lively show, huh? It's a lively day, big news day, and lots going on, as always. Well, I want to tell our listeners, we are taping this show on a th- Tuesday, the day that Donald Trump uh, is indicted. And so we're going to talk about that indictment today and give you some idea of what the future bears. And, uh, Ron, I don't know how much you, you saw of it, but there are two unique things. First of all, the first time a sitting president has ever been indicted. And number two, it was all done by a Baton Rouge girl, good old <laughs> Louisiana gal. And um, tongue-in-cheek Stormy Daniels, the porn star, is the focus of all these indictments. Ron, I wrote a column this week, and I said, you know, in so many instances when big things happen, Louisiana's right in the middle of it. Uh, uh, It's talked about uh, the first shot of the Civil War by General uh, P.T. Beauregard out of the St. Bernard Parish at Fort Sumter, filed the first shot. If you want to talk about sports, the Manning family of Louisiana pretty much is the uh, best-known family in all of the sports all over the country. If you go to, uh, I know if I've checked in Las Vegas, the biggest show ticket in Las Vegas when she appears is Britney Spears. She gets the highest price. They get Tickets are sold out months in advance. She's a Kentwood, Louisiana gal, up where you're from, yeah. right on the Louisiana-Mississippi border. So Louisiana is always in the mix and now we have the first, and, and frequently with crime too. I mean, there's there's a lot of stories. Of course, the you can go all the way back in history. The the mafia got its start in in New Orleans. In New Orleans, the Sicilian so, Sicilian mafia. You can that, go there, but that, you know when they first had that Beltway shooter up in Washington D.C., Baton Rouge boy. You know, it just happened to be from Baton Rouge. No doubt. It's just crazy how the stories seem to come back here. And Stephanie Gregory Clifford, now known as Stormy Daniels, has put us on the map again. Yeah, she did. And we'll talk about her role in this whole thing. I listened to the uh, district attorney, and I want to make this point. Even though Trump was president uh, in a federal election, we have a somewhat unique where a district attorney in the state of New York, a local district attorney, brought 34 charges today. And they all centered on the payoffs to Stormy Daniels. I think there was two other payoffs to one other girl that had uh, uh, sexual overtones. And the doorman doorman got a little money who said that he heard a rumor that Trump had a child out of wedlock that turned out not to be true. So in any event, it all comes down to the porn star and covering up up, uh, uh, sexual dalliances. And the question is, number one, is that a federal crime? Number two, is it a crime at all? Number three, has prescription prescribed it? This goes back to, you know, like 15, 20 years. And so there's lots of issues out here in terms of, of what the New York uh, 
uh, DA did. I listened to his press conference. He said, well, there's violations of law because there's a limit as to what you can spend in elections. He said there's a $5,000 limit, and uh, Stormy was paid $130,000. Well, again, this is a federal election. So the first issue that's going to come out of the box by Trump's lawyers is how can a local DA bring charges involving a federal election? His answer is, well, it's against the law in New York to falsify business records. And again, it's going to be very muddy. Trump does not sit there like you and I do, Rana, at night filling out our income tax forms and, and putting all that down. He's got a team of CPAs and the per- single person against him. Michael Cohen is a convicted uh, felon who was uh, who perjured himself time and time again. So it's a muddy thing. And and uh, uh, it's it just uh, hard to figure out. You can imagine what the lawyers are going to do. And the one more thing and I'll let you comment is the next hearing in this case is December the 1st, right. December the 1st. Now, we're here in April, months and months away uh, and December the 1st. This is going to drag out clear into the next presidential election, and it's going to be an issue brought up. And uh, going to be uh, uh, quite a lively next year, isn't it? It definitely is. And, and I, I do agree that of all the investigations swirling around Donald Trump, I've never felt like this was the most serious of them. He's certainly facing far more serious accusations. And his April is going to look like this. It's going to be a 34 felony count indictment. And then he'll go back to New York in about a week and give depositions and another investigation that the New York attorney general has brought against his companies. And as you mentioned, his uh, chief financial officer sitting on Rikers Island as a result of that investigation. But that's that's civil there. And then I think in another week, he's going to have that uh, E. Jean Carroll rape case that she's been bringing for years and years, another civil rape case there. Um, But, I mean, his April calendar is full. So it's not a... And then who knows what's happening in Georgia and when that's happening. So it, it did surprise me initially that it's December before there's another hearing here, but there'll be motions filed and there'll be some discussion of all this. I think that it's also important to remember that it's not just Michael Cohen. You have the National Enquirer who has signed off on certain statements, the the CEO or the uh, president of that corporation, that they did certain things to influence the election. So there's a lot of players here, and it'll take some time to sort it out. But I, I do agree this is not the most serious but it's devastating for a president of the United States, former president of the United States, to be indicted on, on crimes that, that I think everyone agreed they couldn't pursue while he was president. And now we have to face that. It's just it's new territory for us. Well, you say it's devastating. There were arguments that are going to be made that 
far from being devastating, that it keeps Trump on the light he always wants to be. It's them against us. It's those darn Democrats, a Democratic DA. Obviously, the Democrats pushed him to push these. What did he get in return? It's just the same old, same old of those darn Democrats trying to muddy the water and keeping Donald Trump, who cut taxes and did all these great things, from doing his job. Ain't it wrong, America? Uh, that's a pretty good campaign issue, quite frankly, because because Trump, you know, when it happened to other people, and we'll talk about me maybe in, in this discussion, you know, uh, you're just a good guy. What do you say? And But Trump almost thrives on the controversy. If he doesn't get the controversy, then something's wrong in terms of his agenda. He does thrive on the controversy, and I think it's devastating for his party primarily because his numbers shot up. As soon as he leaked that he was about to be arrested and it put a lot of Republican challengers uh, on the ropes because he moved significantly ahead. It almost knocked DeSantis out of consideration. And he's that and Mickey Mouse is making a comeback also. But I think it it helps him tremendously uh, within his party because his base gets so solidly behind him. I don't think it helps him in a general election. I, I think when you have to count on independent voters in this country, the way we're divided, um, I, I don't think at the end of the day there will be other indictments. I don't know which one. Some may not indict. The special prosecutors may not indict on the obstruction cases, but they may. There will be more, and I just think independent voters will go, this is just a bridge too far, I think. Well, of course, I hope Trump feel, Trump probably feels like he gets that's his problem having to deal with that because he's got the nomination. And now how do you deal with these issues? He's got a long way to go to get the nomination. Let me tell you about the grand jury, you know, uh, particularly in state cases, the old adage, and I'm a lawyer and tried a number of criminal cases, that a grand jury uh, with the lead of the of the prosecutor can indict a ham sandwich. And uh, what they're saying is that the only evidence that the grand jury sees is what the prosecutor gives them. And the defense uh, case of Donald Trump, he was given no chance outside of personal testimony to present evidence to put his side of the story out there. So uh, the grand jury indictment, number one, I would see as a lawyer being very weak in that case, open to those charges. And second of all, uh, the uh, uh, Alvin Bragg, the district attorney's got some explaining to do. If you read the indictments, it, it says the same thing. Every indictment, indictment one, well, uh, using uh, business records to cover up this crime. Number two, using Beckett basing records. You know what the crime is. You know, you don't know what he covered up. None of that was in the indictment. And so Trump's going to say, no, wait a minute. I mean, can't you find out what I'm charged with? They just put these things in. I got to wait till I'm um, convicted to find out what the heck I'm charged with. So that's going to be another role. And I think that the uh, district attorney made a uh, people were looking sick and wanting to say, where's the beef? They're waiting to say, what did he do? Where's the beef? And Bragg so far has not given it. Now, uh, that'll come out in depositions and things later on. But again, I think the lawyers are going to be screaming about this from word go about uh, is this Nazi Germany where you don't even know what the crime you're charged with? And so uh, uh, I think Bragg, the district attorney, played into his uh, his role there. You know, the Democrats said they were smart. 
just back away. Let, let, let the, uh, you know, in Georgia, you got Republican prosecutors and let the thing play out. Just keep away from it. Don't make any. And I'll say, I think uh, uh, President Biden did well. I have no comment. I have no comment. Leave it alone and let Trump uh, deal with his own problems. Because if the Democrats come back, oh, this is terrible. He's we knew this all along. Well, then that plays in the Trumpite view of it's us against them, you see. And so, uh, uh, well, that- he certainly did what he does best. And that is he took over the airwaves for a solid. It'll be a solid 24 hours where he's the lead on every newscast, and he does thrive on that. We started yesterday. It was everybody of a certain age, I would say, is saying it's like the O.J. chase. You know, we have his plane, and he didn't take a smaller plane. He brought the largest plane he has with the big Trump logo painted on the side. So we have, here's here's Donald Trump's plane in the air. An hour later, here's Donald Trump's plane in the air. So you see that. You see all the helicopter shots of his motorcade arriving in New York, taking him to Trump Tower. Um, you know, the, the scene was maybe not as uh, highly charged as some people were afraid it might be. But I, I did hear uh, some of his supporters showing up, some of his uh, not supporters showing up, and that the screaming at each other in the little park next to the courthouse was so loud that the news media had to kind of move away from that. It just kind of canceled everything out. But he controlled the airwaves. He was everywhere uh, you could be in the news media. And he claims he raised $7 million as soon as it was leaked that he would be indicted. I think that's where he really gains. I mean, he raised $100 million on Stop the Steal, on the uh, over $100 million on the election uh, charges that he made. I mean, he's definitely learned how to make money from his base. And so his legal fees, he can get the best lawyers because he's raising the money to, to get them for this. The other thing that concerns me, quite frankly, in, in terms of I think strategically may backfire is the fact that the judge who has been accused for the last month or two of being very anti-Trump. Apparently, there's a statement or two he made, and I'm sure they'll try to recuse him, although that's very hard to do to recuse a judge. But he didn't put a gag order in, but he lectured Trump strongly about, I don't want to put a a gag order on. Uh, You know, you better watch what you say. Well, you know, that's like the one-armed paper hanger. I mean, how do you defend yourself? And again, I'll bring in my case. I was involved with the... uh, federal government in a a very disgusting on their part case where uh, a judge, uh, the minute I was charged, put a gag order. And I'm three weeks off from an election. And it was outrageous. My freedom of speech. How do you how do you explain anything? And so I had to hire lawyers to take it up to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. Cost me a lot of money. And, of course, uh, just before the Fifth Circuit was going to rule, I mean, the, the judge, a guy named Frank Palazzola in Baton Rouge, who, uh, boy, if you want to talk about unqualified and low-life federal judges, he is the poster child. In any event, Fifth Circuit's about to rule in my favor. And, of course, then, they, uh, then the judge says, oh, well, we'll just throw it out then. We'll, we'll, maybe I'll just withhold it like he's doing me a favor or something right. like that. So th- when you put these gag orders in, uh, that's one thing that, that Trump may play up. Look, I'm gagged. I can't even say anything in my defense. 
the gag orders has been put on yet. But uh, and again, I'm not defending what happened to Trump or, or anything at all. I'm a registered independent. I'm not pro-Trump or anti-Trump. But I just uh, find it very distasteful in cases where you've got to explain this to uh, uh, to put gag orders on. And, and of course, the other side will say, well, but look at Trump. He's just incendiary in what he'll say. He'll just uh, try his case right before the judge. But, you know, that's what the First Amendment says. You uh, Outside of c- crying fire in a movie theater, you pretty much have the right to say what you want to say. That is the freedom of speech. And so I think there's going to be some challenges there, Rana, and I don't know how the courts will come down on it. But uh, uh, and just as a lawyer, I could write down 50 different things. Number one, will there be a change of venue? Getting at, you know, New York, uh, Trump got shellacked election-wise. 11% of the vote <laughs> in the in the jurisdiction where he's going to stand trial. I'd be looking for a change of venue. Uh, and I had lunch with a prominent Baton Rouge attorney, Louis Unglesby, yesterday. We got talking about this very thing. He says, Jim, after a, a very notorious case called the Enron case out of Jackson, Mississippi, I mean, the guy was the most unpopular guy in Jackson. If ever there was a, a, an argument to be made for change of venue, that was it. And the court said, no, nah, we're going to leave it there. So since that time from Supreme Court rulings, it's very hard to get a change of venue. If I had to bet with you, I'd say they're not going to move it away from New York, even though it would be the right thing to do, in my opinion. Well, I haven't heard them saying they were going to ask for it. So I wonder if they would even pursue that. His lawyers would. Um, sure. You know why? Even if they think they're going to lose, uh, they can stall any decision in court until the, the Court of Appeals rules and it just stalls the right. case out. Rhonda, the first hearing is going to take place in December 1st. What, that's eight months before the presidential election. Right. You can think of other motions going on. We could see Trump uh, running for president, being elected president. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he is convicted. And uh, I've heard some lawyers today on television saying, you know, there's no law or ruling that says he can't serve as president, even though he's serving a jail term. So the picture we've got is we've got. We've got uh, Secret Service agents covering the jail cell. Right. I guess they're going to s- sleep in in adjoining cells, I guess, you know, to protect the president. <laughs> I mean, this thing is, I don't want to laugh about it because it's very serious. But. Uh, exactly. I don't know how much this judge knows. I mean, I don't I don't know the process there. Does his staff watch social media and tell him, are they on Truth Social, the Trump uh new Twitter uh, version that he started trying to say what he's saying, but he and Donald Trump Jr. have tweeted out photos of the judge's daughter. And so when you do that, um, that person automatically gets death threats. First of all, the district attorney and his staff have gotten multiple death threats. The district attorney's wife has gotten death threats. I don't really know what her story is, but... Uh, she must have said something at some point in her life about Donald Trump. And let's face it, who among us hasn't had a comment on him one way or the other? And so he's gone after her. So she's getting the threats. And then now the judge, the judge's daughter, I, mean, I don't know if they're baiting him, trying to get him to get upset with them, to get him off the case. But 
I don't think that's the way to go about it. That's outrageous, just outrageous to. But again, Rana, it's just a whole different world in terms of responses. I was on a local Baton Rouge radio program earlier today talking about this very thing. And uh, we got into the threats, and I so they opened up the phone calls. And I got calls saying, you know, they're out to get that poor Trump. He's trying to save the nation. Oh, you know, they all to be wiped away. They should be wi- I, just so uh, incinerary, the calls I was getting. And and uh, uh, and then, of course, I, the next call would be on the other side about s- completely anti-Trump, what, what scum he is and how we need to. Uh, he doesn't need any protections under the Constitution. They just send him immediately to jail. Yeah. Uh, it's tribalism. Yeah, we are. We've got. We're not the United States with two political parties. We are a series of tribes, many of which are out to get each other, and that's what we become to in this country. And and you know, you say in this country, uh, it's not just our country. Donald Trump got the highest percentage of votes of any state in the country. Where? Right here in Louisiana. <laughs> sure, right. right. Uh, <laughs> and I, I think Calcasieu just... Parish. Uh, maybe the highest county in had, the country, parish here, but county. I had a discussion, you know, Trump ought to put his presidential library in, in at LSU because, <laughs> uh, you know, the state's been so good to him. He's living in Florida, but there's all kinds of universities there. There's just not one major university. He certainly wouldn't do it in New York. Bring it to Louisiana. And he said, well, I'd be interested in seeing what all the Democrats would think about that. Here they're going to spend millions and millions of dollars putting a research center with all kinds of jobs. But it's Donald Trump. It's Trump Library. What would what would all you <laughs> Louisiana listeners who are from our state, uh, who are listening to our podcast now, think about the Trump Library being located at LSU? Would you be for that or against it? <laughs> this may be the first time in my life I'm going to advocate for censorship in libraries. <laughs> I wouldn't ordinarily say that. The other thing I think is kind of uh, his tactics, his, his vintage, of course, Trump, is um, the issue over the mugshot, you know, where he opined about wanting a mugshot, wanting now, I believe, the new process is to handcuff people in front with the little zip ties. He wanted to be handcuffed behind his back for the, I guess, the dramatic effect of that. And so when they announced that there would be no mugshot, there would be no handcuffs, the the Trump campaign just created their own mugshot. The $36 official Trump mugshot white cotton T-shirt showing President Trump and not guilty and all underneath underneath it and all. So um, he is, it's money. It's making, and he's a, he's a, a carnival barker. But he knows how to make money off of anything, and I think he's he's trying to he'll to, he, we'll this will air before we know what happens there. But he stage managed the entire flying up there. Who would fly with him? Uh, f- fly immediately home. Um, surround himself with uh, supporters for a uh, you know. When I hear the words prime time address, I'm thinking you are not still the president, but he has staged managed it as he does. He's the best at, you know, unfortunately, in some cases. He'll probably draw the most money, but you know who else benefits tremendously out of this whole whole matter? Stormy Daniels, our Baton Rouge gal. 
when when all this was announced, when it came out a couple of days ago about Stormy, in fact, her website, Pornhub.com Stormy, I think, is what it is for all you <laughs> folks that are anxious to get a hold Just of Google it. Just Google it. <laughs> it jumped 21,655% is, is uh, the hits on her website it jumped. Now, you know Stormy is going to put together a cabaret act together and a speaking act together and be traveling this country making big, big bucks. So that, that uh, a Bat Rouge girl set for life is where she yeah. is financially in terms of, of all these here. And so uh, uh, there was a Twitter feed she responded to. Someone Twittered her and asked her uh, what the, the whore was doing one day this week. Her response was, well, not sure what you're curious about, but just fed my horse and mucked my stalls, signed photographs, teamed, uh, got uh, at Team Dormy t-shirts and mailed them, booking crew location for a music video I'm directing, floated in my pool, and, live, and then doing my live uh, TV show. So... Stormy's, Stormy's got it figured out. She's got this thing figured out. More I didn't than know she had a live TV show, but I, I hesitate to ask where that's live streaming. <laughs> well, Maybe that's online. When I find out, we'll put it on Dateline, Louisiana, <laughs> right. okay? And so. then our, our uh, traffic will spike, just like <laughs> hers did. You know, we'll go up 21,000%, right? She has come a very long way from growing up in, in Baton Rouge. She's always said uh, not especially affluent. And um, answered, I think she answered phones at a, a, a stable. She's always said she loves horses and got her start dancing at the Gold Club in Baton Rouge. And look at her now. You're right. She's married to a fellow actor, a fellow porn actor now. And I think she also will, will turn this into quite a quite a payday. She said, by the way, she said, and several reporters said they kind of semi-verified it, that she was a straight-A student here in Baton Rouge. I think she from Zachary. We're in Baton Rouge, exactly. You remember? Uh, I thought it was North Baton Rouge, it is Zachary, more North Baton Rouge, someplace right. like that. She was editor of her high school newspaper. And uh, so uh, if that's true, she was a pretty successful gal. I don't know what got her into the porn business. Uh, and then she, you remember uh, they tried to recruit her to run for United States Senate. And she kind of made the rounds and did an exploratory committee type thing there, looking in, at whether or not she would run against David Vitter. Now, that would have been an interesting one. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, Rana, we're going to be talking about this more, obviously. There are so many angles, legally, uh, politically, that there are to come by. It's going to consume the country uh, for the good or for the bad. And we'll keep you folks posted on our website, DatelineLouisiana.com. On my website, I've written a column today, uh, kind of a, a Louisiana gal gets Trump indicted. You can read it by going to www.JimBrownLA.com. And Ronna Gray's book is up there. It takes her to her website also. So you'll find a lot of information. Hey, folks, thanks for listening to our show today. Ronna, we'll have lots more to talk about, won't we? It's always the cover-up, Jim. It's not the crime. It's the cover-up that gets them. Very much so. (laughs) So uh, you folks take care. Thanks for listening. Our website is DatelineLouisiana.com. We'll talk to you here in the near future. Take care. Thanks for listening to Dateline Louisiana with Jim Brown and Ronna Gray. To subscribe to this podcast or contact Jim or Rana, visit DatelineLouisiana.com. 
We hope you'll join us again next week for more news and reflections from the Bayou State.